The Utah Jazz go to Mexico City. They warn you, don't drink the water, you'll get the runs. The Jazz couldn't get an offensive run going all night long. And the Magic have been here for four days, finally had one. That is what's coming up on Postcast. Postcast is brought to you by the store, whether they want it to be or not, at 6200 South and 20th East. Get all your great holiday shopping, June pies, all the rest, the mudslide cookies, and the rest of the Jazz. In a really strange game, fall to the uh, Orlando Magic final score in 96-89. Strange because in the first half of this game, the Jazz shot 28% and the Magic turned it over 15 times. Like I went to the archeology span museum today because it showed the progression of history. They might build their own museum for this game because of how far it was setting history back. <laughs> and it all started in that first quarter. I mean, not just for one team, but both teams. Teams going 10 for 36 there from the field. Didn't look like this team was going to reach 50 points for the most part because that's how poorly things were going. But even with that, the Jazz end up leading at the half by two, and, and boy, third quarter really put did him in, I think. 35-33 at halftime, Ron. So defensively, Orlando is somewhat culpable for 15 turnovers, there's no question. But I thought Rudy Gobert was unbelievable. They were, their offense was not in the spots they wanted to be in. They they never looked comfortable. They, I thought they were turning it over because they were making passes from places they'd never been before because they would drive and Rudy was there. And I, the Jazz, I thought, were really terrific off defensively in that first half. And, and I thought they, absolutely. And the reason for that is that Rudy was there, as you just mentioned. They were not able to score in the paint till late in the ball game because, you know, they just didn't challenge Rudy. Uh, Coach Clifford wanted to to still attack, but he wanted to think attack, but think perimeter. I mean, he wanted to make sure that, that they were able to get into the paint, then kick it out, maybe they get some threes but they were able to get all the way to the basket there late in the ball game. Now the tricky one here was you got to halftime and the Jazz were only shooting 28%, you still led by two, but I, I couldn't get over the fact they had 15 turnovers and they just were not scoring on those. You commit force team into 15 turnovers, your offense should be rolling. It should be if, if, you, if you turn those in, into points. This was a half court ball game right from, right from the start, I, I think, and, and uh, maybe the altitude had a lot to do with it. Team, team get, players getting a little tired late in the quarter. But when you, when you, when you have a lot of turnovers that early in the ball game, usually you turn those into high percentage shots, layups, uh, quick threes, or whatever. The Jazz just couldn't get just couldn't get it done. I mean, they had the opportunities. You know, I don't like the stat points off turnovers, and the reason I don't like it is because a turnover that goes out of bounds and then they inbound it and take it up the other way counts the same as a turnover that's a live ball turnover, and that's a very different defensive but I think it is telling tonight that off 22 turnovers the Jazz had 12 points and off 10 turnovers Orlando also had 12 points like you the Jazz got no advantage out of their 22 turnovers well the only thing that that, that I say out of that is that and, and I know that's kind of a different opinion but it, it's it's a possession miss an opportunity that you had to score that you missed out on and so does that average out probably does you know you, you're probably right about that but you know, it's it's been when you lose opportunities, I, I think that just becomes a becomes a problem. Jazz commit just ten turnovers tonight, but they don't make any shots along the way. They end up shooting 32% from the field, 24% from three. They took a lot of free throws late that were kind of there. They just 
And it'll be interesting to go back and see whether or not these are bad shots, good shots, you know, what what has taken place with them along the way because it did it just did not seem as though the Jazz, the offense was terrible. They just didn't make shots. I mean, there's a key play of the game where Ricky Rubio comes down the floor, Isaac's on the ground on the other side. It's a five on four. They don't guard Ricky. He stops for a wide open three and misses it. Like at some point you, we, we can overanalyze this, but if you shoot 31% for the field and the Jazz shot 12 of 31 at the rim tonight, they shot I think four of 17 on key non-restricted area twos. I'll make put the ball in the hole. Well, this is the ball game they definitely should have had and I totally agree with you. Um, these, this, this is a team the Jazz should have beaten. Really puts a lot of uh, pressure, I think, now on the Jazz to to uh, to get things going. I mean, substitution pattern may have been a little bit different tonight because of of the altitude, of the elevation, rather. But I don't know. It, it's just you, you watch a ball game like this, and you think you got your finger put on it on why things are happening. And then when you sit back and you analyze it, it, it something comes up different. Two big storylines that we haven't touched on. We'll do it quickly. 5.39 left in the first quarter. Jazz were rolling. They then go eight, missed eight straight shots, four turnovers in that stretch. They don't score another field goal until the 10.53 mark of the second quarter. Same exact time of the game in the third quarter. Same exact rotation sequence happens. And the Jazz, after having taken their largest lead of the night, 59-48, suddenly it falls apart a little bit. Uh, and the Magic then fire back and take back control of the game. The other one, Ron, and most importantly is, I think we had is the Magic scored on 12 of their first 14 possessions of the fourth quarter. What happened defensively to the Jazz? Well, it, it, defensively, they just could not cover that center pick and roll with the with the re-screens. And then you get a player like, like Terrence Ross who gets hot and makes a couple of threes and, it, and then all of a sudden he's he's using the screen and re-screen and he's knocking it down and the Jazz just could not defend that. Uh, they did a great job of it in the first three quarters but they just could not defend that and I thought that was probably the biggest difference of the ball game. So the Jazz lose to the Magic tonight 96-89. David Locke along with Ron Boone. This has been Postcast.